0: Magic is power.
1: Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me, what is up, Jerry?
2: Oh, not much, Pat. Just doing things and getting <laughs> things done and whirlwind stuff. <laughs> nah, yeah, I haven't made dinner yet. I'm probably just going to skip dinner tonight. Din- <laughs> dinner is for the week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's always a losing proposition, Jerry. If we as my grandpappy always and used to say, noodles. You know, you know, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, we have a we have an awesome guest this week um but before we get to her, I want to talk about our sponsors of course we want to thank hips to the coast for being guys at leaving legacy every friday uh they have a great website uh, tons of content on there um they actually also have a new podcast coming uh that you guys can check out as well uh so definitely check out hips to the coast for for legacy content limited content all that stuff a lot they do a lot of Wortho stuff too I believe so. Uh, if you're into that, it's a great place to check that out. Also, you can find us on the top app. It's the, actually, uh, I wrote this in the show notes, but it's actually true. It is literally the only magic app that I have in my phone. Um, I highly recommend it. If you are going to like big tournaments and, uh, you're tired of like trying to refresh, uh, the, uh, star city games pairings or the, uh, channel fireball pairings, uh, they get pushed right to your phone with the top app. It's super convenient. Um, also, if you want to support the show directly, you can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Um, and also, we are still in the middle of our bulk for charity drive. Um, we Ooh, are yeah. doing uh, – yeah. So we are we are gathering uh, you know, bulk you guys have. Um, we're going to cash it in at one of our local stores who gives us a great rate on the bulk. And we're actually going to use all the proceeds from that. And we'll be doing some other fundraising as well. We have a ton of like – Play mats that have been donated, um, and we'll probably do a couple of raffles and stuff. And all that money is going to go to the uh, the Children's Organ Transplant Association for Wesley. So one of our listeners, Rich, uh, he's a friend of Jerry's and of mine, and uh, he's a really great guy. He supports the show. And uh, his son is in need of a transplant, and so we are going to be donating uh, all the proceeds from that, all the proceeds from the raffle, and uh, and the, the, the playmat sales, and anything we get in commons will all be going to that. Um, I'll drop the link in the show notes if you guys want to donate to that directly. Obviously, if you have one hundred commons and you live in uh, you know in Canada, it's gonna be really not co- you know convenient or con- you know it wouldn't be worthwhile to ship them to Massachusetts. Uh, but if you wanted to support them directly, I will drop that link in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So um. So our, so we have a great guest this week. We actually have Chantel Campbell. Uh, she writes for Card Kingdom. Uh, she does a podcast called Proven Combatants with uh, three other awesome women. Uh, and she also just had a recent uh, top sixty four finish at GP Seattle. So Chantel, welcome to the cast.
3: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're very, very excited to have you. Um, I told Jerry that, that uh, and, and you that Stompy decks are, are near and dear to my heart, and uh, I was really excited to see you had such a great finish um, at Seattle. Can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and sort of uh, your Magic background?
3: Oh, sure. Uh, I have been playing Magic. My first pre-release was Return to Ravnica, and since then I've been hooked and gotten more and more competitive just down the rabbit hole of magic addiction. Uh, so right now, I guess I classify myself as an RPTQ-level grinder. Wow. Uh, modern, standard, not, constructed mostly, not really limited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That,
1: that, pr- that pregnant pause. <laughs> It's okay. We have love for all the formats here. We just don't have time to play them all, you know. So that's yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, that's that's what that's what magic does, man. Wizards, they just they get you in that pre-release and they hook you, and then is then the next thing you know, you're uh, sleeping on people's couches to go to RPTQs and and you're <laughs> driving sixteen hours to get to to get the GPS and you wonder what you're done with your life and it's a slippery slope, but uh, it, it's a it's a fun one for sure.
2: And Return to Ravnica was such a good one to start with, too. You chose well for your first set. It's
3: actually, it's really funny. I remember my first ever pre-release. I was so disappointed that I opened a, a my pre-release pool was four lands at the rare slot. And they were the <laughs> lands. I was just like, this is garbage. I opened four lands. God, my deck's terrible. <laughs>
2: Uh, For our listeners who don't remember, the rare lands in Ravnica were the shock lands.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those were good Uh, to have.
2: (laughs) That's like, I remember I found like a backpack in the back of my closet one day and just like shoved in the bottom of the backpack was like a spirit monger and then like four onslaught fetch lands <laughs> <laughs> just like unsleeved sitting in the bottom, like of this backpack, just like grinding up against the uh, the oh. leather of the backpack. I'm just like, Oh yeah, I thought these were bad.
1: <laughs> Jerry, you still got those fetch lands, man.
2: <laughs> I do. I have one of them's a, a flooded strands and it is like tissue paper thin. It is worn. Nice. <laughs> Sleeve playable sleeve playable it, yeah, <laughs> it's well
1: it's a well-loved it's a well-loved card <laughs> so so chantelle you were telling us that you made the uh the trip down uh from canada to play in the uh in the in gp seattle uh the last legacy gp that we've had uh can you tell us a little bit about your trip and uh, and how that went and uh and, uh, and uh and yeah just tell us a little bit about your trip down there and uh how, how you like the gp
3: yeah uh i live in Edmonton, Alberta, which is the northernmost capital city in Canada, the northernmost country in the world. So I live north and (laughs) flights are generally pretty expensive. And I had an RPTQ coming up, so I convinced my boyfriend and a friend of ours, Dean McLaren, that we should all just take the week off and go down a week early and play the (laughs) RPTQ at Card Kingdom and stay for a week in Seattle and so they agreed. So we did the 16-hour drive. The way down we did in two days, which was much smarter than the way back, which we did all in one day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, yeah, it, we it, went it's out kinda... to, what was it, Columbus we went out to, Jerry? To, uh, last, not last summer, but the previous summer. Yeah. Do we drive to that one? And we're like, yeah, never that was again? Like, that was a nine hour drive. And I'm like, i am never I will pay yeah. five hundred dollars to fly. I'm not. We, we did it on our friends like sob, too. And it's like four of us in this little sob with our <laughs> luggage. And it was just it was just miserable. <laughs> See, I
2: I thought I was fine because like growing up, my family did road trips like my dad's claustrophobic so he could never fly anywhere. So we always did road trips, and we drove to like Florida every year, which is a twenty-four hour drive. So I'm like, "Oh, this is fine." And then I remember it's like we were doing it in my parents' like big SUV with like lots of room and space. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, it's like four fully grown men crammed into a clown car.
1: Yeah, it was terrible (laughs) (laughs) with our luggage. Never again. Yeah, we got we got real close in the backseat of that trip. Um, (laughs) uh, So all right, so you brought. Uh, Mono White Soldier Stompy uh, to the GP. Can you tell us a little bit about why you chose that deck and how you got introduced to the deck?
3: It's actually really funny. So I was spending the weeks leading up to the Grand Prix practicing limited because the RPTQ was limited and I was like, okay, I'll do that and I'll choose one GP format to get really, really good at and get all my reps in. So I got a ton of practice for standard (laughs) i just was like i'm just gonna play a deck that i think is super fun uh for legacy and soldiers has kind of been my baby forever since i found a rogue deck list online ages and ages ago
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's awesome because soldier stompy has almost been like a meme for a while yeah. <laughs> like we've seen it <laughs> we've seen it like pop up and everyone's like oh that's funny and like there's a a local guy who plays uh vents around here who actually also writes for hipsters uh who's been playing it and it's his like pet deck and everyone's like oh that's Sh- funny is it
1: sean Ma- Ma- Masick? yeah Sean yes. Masick? yeah Yep. Yeah, actually, so, uh, I think you wrote an article on his deck, right, Chantel? Yeah, or you maybe I, referenced his deck.
3: Yeah, I saw his uh, article on hipsters because uh, yep. he did well at an SCG, I believe.
1: Yeah, and, and I was
3: like, "Is soldiers actually a viable deck right now?" Because <laughs> I mean, he had made some changes, and I was like, "I think, I think it might be the right position." <laughs> so, like, yeah,
1: I uh, so here's here's my like quick. Like, two cents on that. I think that Stompy deck... In in a land of Grixis Delver, um, where their threats are so so um, dependent upon their one and two-minute drop, like, one and two drops, like, any Stompy deck that's going to try to play Chalice on one is just, like, relatively good against them. And then you also have, like... uh, You have eight Thalia's in the deck that are just going to tax their land so hard. It feels like you're fighting on an axis that they're... um, not quite able to uh to answer on that, you know like they don't they're not running a lot of uh main deck answers to uh to a chalice on one, and when you shut off their ponders and their brainstorms, they can't find like they're one of ancient grudge they might have in their sideboard as well, so uh it seems like it might be like the matchup might be pretty good for you guys
3: oh absolutely, and I think I don't remember who said it, but someone said in an article you could play draft chaff if you can run out a chalice on one on turn one and still probably close out the game
1: uh, look, a case in point aerial responder
3: <laughs> aerial responder would be so many games that card oh, is it's, imp- it seems
1: yeah it seems great I mean I think you could probably make a tribal dwarf deck also like aerial responder would, be, would shine in that deck
3: I was actually looking will... at playing Thalia's lieutenant because I'm like oh most of your stuff's humans that's probably fine yeah <laughs>
1: I want I want responder
2: to take off in legacy so I can get dayman alters <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, so man. so tell us a little bit about the deck so I, we have the deck list here and if we we can run actually maybe it's let's worth us run down because i don't let's think ra- anyone has like <laughs> even
2: run- legacy experts don't have this deck memory yeah so let's
1: <laughs> run down this deck and then if i'll I'll run down the the, the cards and i'll we'll kind of talk about them then if you have any cool anecdotes or or something you want to say about the card you think is really neat in the deck just please uh don't hesitate to interrupt me i'm used to sure. it with jerry um so you're Whoa. running <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just go down your your uh, your Seattle list here. So we have three aerial responder, which is uh, uh it's this like a recent uncommon. Uh, it's a one white white uh, for a flying vigilance lifelink two three. So just like uh, I don't want to call it an efficient beater because at three mana like it's not efficient legacy. However, like a two three is fine to trade with uh, like an early Delver if you need to pr- the protection against Delver, and it's also just like flying vigilance Life link is like those are three good keywords to have next to each other right
3: the card was actually put in the deck as a concession to delver because originally the lists were running valley rush banneret which is a cost reducer for soldiers mm-hmm. uh and then you just were having such a tough time in the air that i believe they ended up adding an aerial responder the double white can make it difficult to cast but uh Yeah, I found it, incidentally, very good at getting through board stalls because, surprisingly, not many creatures have flying.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Not a lot of soldiers are equipped with our our flyers. Surprisingly. Surprisingly. Except for for this this dwarf soldier. He's small (laughs) enough to fly. Um, We're also running two Captain of the Watch, which is uh, four white-white. So this is a six drop, so this better do something amazing, right? So four white-white for human soldier vigilance. Uh, it's a lord, so other creature soldiers you control get plus one plus one and have vigilance. And when it enters the battlefield you have to put three one one soldiers onto the uh tokens onto the battlefield. So that's pretty impressive because it comes in the in, in as a three three and you're getting three additional two twos when it enters the board when it enters the battlefield.
3: Yep, basically.
1: Yeah, it seems, seems <laughs> decent. <laughs> um two Daru war chief. It's two white white for. A creature soldier and it just it's a cost reducer right so soldiers cost one less to play and your soldiers get plus one plus two does that include itself
3: it does include itself yes
1: oh nice so it's so it's a two three Mm -hmm. okay um let's see uh four enlistment officer which is three and a white for creature soldier it has first strike it's two three and when it comes to the battlefield you reveal the top four cards of your library put all soldier cards revealed this way into your hand And the rest on the bottom. So it's a is that goblin goblin or
3: recruiter
1: recruiter? Okay, yeah. So similar function to goblin recruiter. Uh, So can you tell me about like the best like four cards you saw off the top of your deck in the GP?
3: Uh, I oh that's tough. I had one where I think I revealed (laughs) two two drop Thalia and a three drop Thalia. My pal was just like, oh, that's really good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's wonderful. (laughs) Um, uh, three palace jailer which is the two-white-white white from Conspiracy, I believe, right? Um, it's a two-two. When it, comes, when it enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. Um, and when it enters the battlefield, exile, target creature, and opponent controls until that opponent becomes the Monarch. So this is like a concession to Sneak and Show, I'm assuming? Like uh, that.
3: Sneak and Show, but it also is just a great, oh, you're finally stabilizing, or you have a pesky Leovold or whatever creature. And most people don't... They think that once they kill the palace jailer, they'll get your creature back, but that's not mm-hmm. actually how it works. It's they have to do combat damage to me to get to become the monarch.
2: If, mm-hmm. Everyone does that. I noticed they were just like, <laughs> "All right, I got to kill that palace jailer, no matter what." And then they kill it, and they're like, "Yeah, I'd get my Drakkar back." Like, no. no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it just it was just exile it forever. Like I've seen people like make
2: terrible double block or just like like terrible terrible decisions because they think they're getting their card back and then they're so disappointed
3: <laughs> like, no, i still it's still mine and i still get to draw a card at the end of every of my turns
1: <laughs> oh the salt <laughs> yeah what is it so what's the monarch again you have to draw a card at the end of each turn or just your turn uh
3: at, at the end of your turn at so the your at turn. the end of your turn you draw an extra card
1: oh, that's, that's amazing Well, that seems like it's great in this deck, too, because you don't have a ton of card draw. Like, when you're playing against a lot of Brainstorm, Ponder, Preordained decks, that seems like a a nice little boost.
3: Absolutely. Uh, Actually, I figured out that playing against Miracles, the cards that were actually the most important, were Palace Jailer and Enlistment Officer, just because they give you that late-game card draw.
1: Gotcha. Interesting. Um, so also running for preeminent captain, which is two and a white for a Kithkin soldier. it's a two, two first striker. And whenever it attacks, you may put a soldier creature card from your hand onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. So pairs, again, just like
3: uh, pairs really nicely with your captain of the watch.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and also three recruiter, three recruiter of the guard, which is the, uh, the two and a white, um, uh, basically uh, tutor. Uh when it enters the battlefield you can search for a creature car with uh toughness two or less, reveal it, put it in your hand, and shuffle your library, and it's a one one. Um so this is just tutoring for basically like most of the creatures you're running, right? Or yeah,
3: yeah, actually, basically quite a few of them. Everything except for I think Captain of the Watch and one or two creatures out of the board and uh uh enlistment officer, which is a two three. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. Very cool, and aerial. I guess aerial, yeah, yeah, aerial responder. Yeah, yeah, responder. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that seems that seems good. Um, and then this this is the part that I love. I love the eight Thalia deck. Four Thalia, Guardian of Fraven, and then four Thalia, Heretic cathar And I think we're all pretty aware of what those guys do. But um, obviously the Guardian is just able to cast uh, or tax rather non creature spells. Um, and uh Thalia Heretic, uh Big Daddy Thalia is able to uh, just mess with your opponents. Ability to uh, make land drops on time and fetch on time and things like that.
3: Yeah, Thalia Heretic Cathar is a house in legacy. Yes. Your opponent's fetch lands come into play tapped <laughs> and then you, you're their creatures as they start to stabilize against your sometimes turn one three two first strike also come into play tapped.
1: <laughs> yeah, that seems that seems fantastic. Um we're, you're also running, so uh, for the artifacts, uh, four Chalice the Void, which is like a uh, a staple of every Stompy deck, right? We see that in Mono Red Stompy and the Goblin Stompy decks, and a Jaws, a Stompy. It's also going to be in the uh, Soldier Stompy deck and four Chrome Mox as well. And then you're running four Suppression Field. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how you feel it helps you in, in some of your matchups?
3: Oh, Suppression Field is one of the reasons to play this deck in my opinion. I mm-hmm. think you're when you're looking for your turn one play, you're trying to get a turn one chalice, one of your thalias, or suppression field, because it just locks your opponent out of so much. They have to so suppression field is whatever you would use an activated ability, you need to pay two. So that includes fetching your fetch lands, activating your death right shaman, uh Using a Planeswalker ability. Like, basically anything people are trying to do in Legacy.
1: Oh, cool. I didn't even think about the Fetchland uh, interaction. That is, I mean, like, I play blue Red Delver a lot. That's my favorite deck. And that would be brutal <laughs> against blue Red Delver because sometimes I'm not going to hit uh, uh, three mana. And if I'm only getting Fetchlands, I'm never going to be able to pay that tax ab- that tax cost.
3: Yeah, it's it's bonkers good.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, and then getting to, into the land package, um, four Ancient Tomb, four Cavern, one City of traders, two Caracas, and eight Planes. Um, would you run – would you – I mean, how did this land package end up working out for you? Because you're only running 19 land in the zombie deck, which is – it seems a little a little small. Like, how did you feel about that? I mean, I guess you're also running the Chrome Mox, but
3: – Yeah, I actually – I really like the 19 lands. I did end up cutting – I was at – I think the list originally played three City of Traitors, and I had been down to two, and then I ended up going down to just one as a concession to needing double white, uh, for aerial responders and palace jailer. Um, the one thing I think I would actually add is one more Caracas, because, uh, you have a tough time against things like Reanimator, where they could just get underneath of your, of your tax prison package. Uh, but other than that, I was really happy with how the lands played out.
1: Very nice. Would you cut, like, a Plains for the crocus or?
3: Just a Plains, I think.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, the sideboard. I love the sideboard. Uh, <laughs> were there any Were there any changes to the main deck you, you think you might have, uh, like, looking back at the tournament, you might have made, or?
3: I think I'm pretty happy with it. I think I might have, I think I was only running three Palace Jailer in the main. I might have wanted to go up to four. Mm-hmm. That's basically it, and a Caracas, but I was really happy with how it played.
1: Yeah, awesome. Uh, and this sideboard, I, I really enjoy the sideboard. And actually, there is one card in here that I've never even heard of, so we're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, but first, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite cards in all of Magic, Armageddon. You're running two copies of that. That's fantastic.
3: Uh, Armageddon was, <laughs> it just overperformed for me every time I cast it. Not <laughs> close. I had originally been testing one. And I was like, no, we want to. I actually was going to run a Ravages of War as my second one and then I googled Ravages of War and I was like oh it's a hundred dollars for a functional reprint of Armageddon we'll just play a second four dollar
1: card that's fine
2: a hundred dollars isn't worth playing around surgical
1: (laughs) oh that's fantastic Uh, uh, so two Armageddon, one containment priest but you're also running two copies of Holy Light which can you just tell us about this card please because I saw in in the I did not know what it was I had to look it up.
3: <laughs> uh, it's uh, a great answer to young pyromancer tokens and uh, merfolk. True name nemesis.
1: This is a card from the dark. The uh, art the, is super
3: the, weird, if you set, haven't seen it.
1: It's it the art
2: cool. reminds me of the cover of Human Clay. The... Uh... <laughs>
1: the creed cd ask, creed? <laughs> you know what it, you know what else it reminds me of it reminds me of like a colorized version of do you ever read the um uh spooky sco- spooky stories to our scary stories to read in the dark
2: oh those, yeah that yep.
1: reminds me of that too like those those uh <laughs> charcoal drawings anyway it's two to white instant non-white creatures get minus one minus one until end of turn so a lot of times it turns into like a one-sided board wipe uh i just want to a, a shout out to the holy light from the dark the set best known for blood moon
2: um, uh, I mean this is also a three mana enchantment.
1: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's it's as good as Blood Moon, right?
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's, I I mean I, it is
2: it, it is super relevant for the Grixis uh like killing
1: true name is huge. Man, I think I want to buy a play set of these. I don't even play White Legacy and I just like it. And also there's just a butt on the front, which is pretty funny. There's a naked butt there. Actually, we're just going to pull up TCG player. I'm going to put that in my cart right now. Um, uh, also running uh, two copies of Selfless Squire. <laughs> can, you, can you tell me about Selfless Squire? Is this a commander card?
3: Yeah, it this is, is right? a commander okay. card. It is a soldier. <clears throat> it is a four mana 1-1 one, one that has flash. And when it enters the battlefield, <clears throat> sorry, when it enters the battlefield, it fogs and... The amount of damage that it prevents that would be dealt to you, it gets that many plus one, plus one counters. So (laughs) I think the largest I had it over the weekend was an 86-86. What? (laughs) My my elves opponent had (laughs) comboed off and swung in.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing.
3: uh, It is the source of quite a few blowouts. I Because, one, no one knows that it's even a card, and two, by the time someone's swinging in with a big dude for lethal, like from Sneak and Show or from Lance, you just you got him
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, especially against like Sneak and Show, because once they attack, that's their whole plan. It's like, if they swing with Emrakul and it doesn't work, they usually lose. <laughs>
3: yeah, I had a game, actually, uh, on day two where my opponent... I had a Caracas out and a 3-drop Thalia, and they had a sneak attack out, and they set up a turn where they bounced my 3-drop Thalia and then sneak attacked in the Emrakul so that if I bounced it, they could just replay it. And I was like, that's fine, and so with the Annihilator trigger on the stack, I floated the mana, then I flashed in the Selfless Squire, and then my opponent read (laughs) it, and then the judge that was watching read it. (laughs) <laughs> and then some random person standing in the crowd read it. I was like, oh I, yeah, I make it this is a 1616 16 now. And then That's they're amazing. like, oh I'm dead, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> um are also running three copies of Cat. So this man, these are like you said draft draft uncommons. There are quite a few in here. Uh cast out, three and a white enchantment from Amon as well. Uh, when cast out enters the battlefield, exile target non land permanent and opponent controls until cast out leaves the battlefield. You can also cycle it for a white mana.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Cast out was actually a concession to the rising popularity of the like little red mono red stompy lists. Because mm-hmm. uh, my deck has a really tough time beating ensnaring bridge. But cast out okay. happens to be a great answer to that because it's instant speed and you just do that and nice. then attack in. And it also. Had some great, great flex against sneak and show decks. Yep. <laughs> this poor sneak and show opponent. I, I game three, he turned toed. I think a show and tell, and I was like, oh, I think he's gonna show and tell in a sneak attack to play around palace jailer. Okay, I will put in this cast out, and then I can exile the sneak attack. That'll be great. He did not put in sneak attack. He put in omniscience, oh, so yeah. I got to cast out an omniscience. And I was like, "Well, oh, that's great." <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, also, running a copy of *Idle on a Rhetoric*, uh, *Journey into Nick's *Uncommon*, um, which is just two and a white for the sp- for the spirit, um, and just. Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn. I'm assuming this is like just a sideboard in for Storm for the most part.
3: Yeah, I I got it out in a game two, I believe, against Storm, which bought me enough time to win. I also ran it out in a game two against a which made for a very strange and grindy matchup.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay, and then uh, and uh, two copies of uh, our friend Aaron Campbell's favorite card. Rest in peace. <laughs> And uh, to uh, to sorcerer spyglass, which is like the peaking needle card, right? So yeah. Um, so and how did you feel about the sideboard? Like how did that perform for you over the weekend?
3: Uh, I was really impressed. I actually had included a few more catch-all answers because I wasn't sure what I was going to be playing against, and I ended up playing mm-hmm. against thirteen different decks in my thirteen rounds. <sighs> so I, really 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 I
1: love well. Legacy. It's the best. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so, yeah, I was super impressed with the whole, how how the whole sideboard turned out.
1: Nice. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about how your tournament went? I mean, obviously, you finished top 64, you, you had a very successful outing. Um, do you want to just kind of, you can go round by round, or just to, sort of tell us what kind of stuck out in your mind and your experience with the format as a whole.
3: Sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, so on the Wednesday, actually, I played against, I played in the duel for duels that mm-hmm. Card Kingdom was hosting, and I put up a pretty mediocre 3-4. And I was like, yeah, this is this is kind of how I expected Legacy to go, but that's okay, because I'm going to play standard. <laughs> and then on the first round of the GP, I find myself 5-0 going into the sixth round, being like, I'm so confused. This isn't how I drew this up. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was really, really odd. Uh, I had some really good opponents, but the round, my round six opponent was actually against Athena Frolic, who was on 12 post, or nine post, rather, because she was only <laughs> playing one of the that extra land. I'm making hand motions, but you can't see them. <laughs>
0: uh, the Suva? The <laughs> yeah, the
3: Suva. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, Athena, because we had been chatting earlier in the day, and you're like... And she, like, made the joke, oh, we're probably going to be paired against each other because we're both women in the community. And I was like, nah. I was like, I don't think so. Or 5-0, whatever. And then they were like, we should tell it Athena. And I was like, ah, oh, no. Oh, of
1: course. <laughs> yeah.
3: So that was my first ever feature match, actually, which was only slightly,
1: nice.
3: completely uh, terrifying. But yeah, Athena made say, it like, really good.
1: Yeah, that's that's got to be unnerving. I've had a couple and not non, like... Uh not on uh on camera but even then they're still like pretty unnerving they can be pretty unnerving
3: yeah it was it was i'm really glad to have done it with athena because she was just super chill and it was just like playing a friend mm-hmm. uh but it was you're, you feel like you're in the hot seat
1: yeah for and sure. then
3: she crushed me uh mercilessly because <laughs> that matchup is horrible Actually, yeah. game one, I was like, oh, I think I have her next turn. Like, we've set up a really good board state. And then she just went, Ugin, minus three. I was like, oh, there was my entire board of little dudes.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's got to be one of your more difficult matchups because, like, all your prison pieces, they're like, "Ah, oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> right? Chalice for one. That's
1: so cute. <laughs> good yeah. for you.
3: Yeah, it was pretty. It was Actually, game two was really super grindy. I think at one point I had two of her Ulamogs and an endless one under my monarch token. Jeez. (laughs) But then she figured out that she could just tutor for Thought Knot, untap tutor for another Thought Knot, and cast them more of both and then win. And I was like, oh yeah, that's really, really good.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I I feel so. You played Eldrazi a couple times because I remember watching one of your uh, feature matches. Um, yeah. What was your what, how how often did you play against Eldrazi?
3: Well, I played against that version uh, twelve posts the one time, and then day two. Day two, I'm actually like super exhausted because we had. Stayed up a little too late the night before, as you do at Grand Prix, and I'm rolling into the tournament with, like, my giant cup of coffee, or tea, and I'm just like, I want a nice, quiet first round of the day to, like, wake up, and then we can play some magic. And then I get called for the feature match, like, the feature feature match, and I'm just like, oh, no, (laughs) I'm not awake enough for this. Yeah, so I that was against Eldrazi, but it was against Eldrazi Stompy, which was like it's slightly smaller than twelve posts, which I think I'm actually favored against or more favored against. Um, yeah, it is crazy. Like looking back on it, being able to go back and watch all of the mistakes that you made, I feel like is both a blessing and a curse.
2: (laughs) Through that,
3: <laughs> I just like went back and like watched the match, and I was like, "Oh, like there's a missed Thalia tax on him, and I missed my own Thalia tax, and Chad is saying I'm a cheater. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like <laughs> missed a cycling on my cast out, and I knew that because cast out cycling is an activated ability, so you have to pay two more with the right. Field, and I'm just just missed it and gave my opponent an opportunity to just punish me. Luckily, he. Did not, but I was just like, oh, brutal, and I missed Monarch token draws. It's <laughs> it's rough.
1: <laughs> it, so uh, I will say, like, like again, um, I think people need to be a lot more forgiving when it comes to players and feature matches, even if they're experienced players. It it it's unnerving, and also like people just genuinely like make mistakes when they play Magic, and like uh, the, the worst part is like looking at chat. I imagine like that chat is so. Uh, so often, just not a great place to be <laughs> getting like uh, constructive criticism from, um, and most of the time it's just people. You know, that's uh, Twitch chat is such, such such a cesspool. Um. Yeah,
3: I actually I was really mostly nervous about being at the at the whim of Twitch chat, but because like as a girl, you just hear horror stories of girls being on feature match and then people mm-hmm. being terrible, but like big shout out to the mods cuz by the time i got there they had either cleaned it up or people weren't super terrible but it also looked like like if someone said something that was like not appropriate the rest of chat was also calling them out which yeah. was really heartwarming oh. to me
1: Wow, that's a surprise. Wow, good good job, Peach Chat. I'm <laughs> proud of you. Um, um, all right, quick important update. I've ordered my four copies of Holy Light. Uh, yeah. So them, uh, four <laughs> what a coincidence.
2: I just got a notification that I have four copies of Holy Light Souls.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chantal, I'll be really interested because since you are, you play most, you know, are, let's say I don't want to say mostly, I don't want to speak for you, but you play um, more legacy, uh, sorry, more standard and modern than legacy, I assume, right? Mm-hmm, yeah what was what was your kind of interaction with the just the general players like because I we hear this a lot and and I guess being a legacy player, I also assume that most legacy players in general are are a little bit more mature, a lot more laid back, relaxed and 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 friendly than your typical standard or modern players. like was that your experience? Can you speak to that at all?
3: Everyone was super nice. I don't think I had a bad opponent the entire weekend. Like, I'm the type of person where if I'm nervous, and I was uh, as the day went on in day two, Mm -hmm. I'll, like, get increasingly bubbly. (laughs) Just, like, (laughs) a, a response to my nervousness. So it's like, don't focus on how important these matches are. Just, like, make small talk and laugh. And so, yeah, everyone was just incredibly friendly and... Like, I was able to joke around, and people would talk to me about my deck, and I didn't really, like, I didn't have, I don't think, a single bad experience the entire weekend, which is unusual, I guess. Yeah, that
1: that's that's great. I mean, my experiences in, in I would say, 99% of my legacy matches have always been very positive, like, very positive to neutral, which in, like, I think is just positive in general. Um but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like when I go to the big the big Legacy events, um, people are just really friendly. They're just really excited to be out playing playing the format because a lot of people, I mean, I don't know how the scene is up where you live, but in Boston, like, we have a, a fantastic Legacy scene here where Jerry and I could go and play Legacy, I don't know, three or four nights a week, um, like, tournaments that are, you know, over 16 players, um, gaming, et cetera, which is I, I, I would call, like, my local store, even though it's, like, an hour away. They regularly like, will do a, a 1K that gets over 100 people and they'll make it like a 2.5K. Um, so they get the attendance here for Legacy is really, really great. How is it in your region?
3: Uh, Edmonton is smaller. Edmonton's a smaller city, but uh, yeah. the Legacy community we have is really tight knit and very dedicated. Actually, our magic community generally is pretty tight knit and everyone mm. kind of knows everyone and people organize legacy nights just to play legacy and everyone is super super great like i was like i need three thalia heretic heretic cathars and my friend shane was just like yeah here like
1: yeah yeah it's uh yeah i mean i don't know if like i can get duels or any any card in the format from from any of my friends and they're like oh yeah here's like you know two thousand dollars and form foreign black border duels like
2: yeah, take them, totally. Play with
1: them. Just uh, get them back to me when you're done. It's like, yeah, it's it's such a it's such a nice. The legacy community, in my opinion, is just such a nice community to be a part of. It's like, super relaxed and very friendly, and just I don't know. I really enjoy it. I think that's why I'm still playing Magic in general.
3: No, absolutely. Like I feel like I probably could have played any deck I wanted for this tournament. Shows yeah. a lot that I have played soldiers, but. Um... <laughs> I, like, I had nights where I was like, I want to try to learn Legacy Storm. And someone was like, here's the deck for the night. And they're like, sweet, I get to try Legacy Storm tonight. Yeah, it's, it's a great community here. (laughs)
1: Legacy Storm, I can confirm, too much math for me, so. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. So So you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your experience on day two and kind of, uh, and how that went for you?
3: Yeah, so after I settled my nerves after the feature match and the interview, and the just craziness of my first round, I played, I actually ended up, I think, 9-2? I had, I ended up with one more feature match in round 9, I, oh no, that was round 9, round 11, 12, 12, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which was, so I was, yeah, 9-2, and two, and I was like, what is going on, is my, first pro tour gonna be on the back of legacy soldiers? That doesn't seem right.
1: It's, it's like one of those like underdog stories where the team wins the championship and beats the you know, the big bad kids at the end of the movie. It's amazing. It, it,
2: it, am I living a black mirror
1: episode?
3: <laughs> and then yeah, so I ended up in backup feature match again at 9 and 2 uh, against a very nice storm player and They ended up only showing my first game where I get crushed mercilessly. I I ended up getting a chalice on one all three games against Storm, but the first game it didn't matter because I had to put my life to, I think, 14 uh, Mm -hmm. with ancient tombs, and my opponent just emptied his hand and (laughs) killed me and (laughs) didn't need to cast anything relevant. From oh with one mana, and I was like, oh yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> um, I actually, going back I w- and watching, I tut- I tutored up the wrong Thalia, so I tutored up 3-drop oh. Thalia with my Recruiter of the Guard, because he played a Black-Blue Land, and I was like, well, it could either be Storm or Bug Control, and I was like, I'm gonna like hedge Bug Control at 9-2, because I think it's a more popular deck, mm-hmm. and... Got the 3-drop Thalia, because I was like, this is much more taxing to a deck with a lot of fetches and uh, expensive creatures. And then he went Ponder, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Storm's a really tough matchup, so I was really surprised to win my next two games against him. The mm-hmm. second game was a mold Molded Six, and I got I got the Her- uh, Eidolon of Rhetoric which was Sick.
0: awesome.
3: And then the third batch I got down a turn one chalice again, which was crazy. And then I ripped a rest. I ripped a rip uh, and was able to apply enough pressure. And I was just like, Oh my God, I beat storm. What is happening?
1: Nice. <laughs> That's great. And you ended up fishing. We uh, just had 59th.
3: 56th, yeah. 56th, uh, that's awesome. I picked up a couple losses after that, so I lost mm-hmm. to a very talented lands player who lands is one of those matchups that I think it's very, very pilot dependent on whether I'm favorite or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And he was really good and he was like, oh yeah, I actually I actually play soldiers in my spare time. And I was like, oh no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think a lot of this power is from it being kind of an unknown quantity hmm like i had two opponents one on day one and one on day two who toxic deluged me for two when i had an enlistment officer out and i was like cool yeah <laughs> scoop up a couple cards and then it's the <laughs> like oh that one too and i'm like mm, no
2: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome
3: yeah so yeah my lens opponent was super super good and uh saw through my Selfless Squire shenanigans and left back, or er, set up so that he would attack me with his Barrelage. And then so I flashed in Selfless Squire. I was like, have him on crackback, and then afterwards he untapped and just played a Tireless Tracker. And mm-hmm. while Selfless Squire is many things, it is not a flyer or a trampler, so I
0: lost. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, and then round 14, I lost to Matt Nass. Who was on this crazy tin fin's dark depths like deck with living wish. And I just I just sat there as he comboed off and I was like, this is insane. And it, yeah, it wasn't close. I <laughs> That was really cool. Like I had a Caracas game one and I was like, cool, I'll bounce his grizzle brand. And then he just it didn't even matter. He just drew cards with Grizzlebrand and then let the Grizzlebrand go to his hand and then won with a Lab Maniac. And that's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, that was really cool. In <laughs> <laughs> game two, I, I was like, oh, I turn one Chalice for zero. Like, this shuts off his Lion-Eye Diamonds. This shuts off his Lotus Petals. Like, I got I got a fighting chance. And then he just went turn, turn one and turn, turn two Exhum. And I have a Grizzlebrand. And I was like, right, oh, you can play Fair. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he smushed me very handily, and I was like, oh, 10-4. Smushed
1: me. (laughs) But still, I mean, a very successful outing for you uh, in Seattle, for sure.
3: Yeah, no, it was not at all what I was expecting (laughs) for my weekend. (laughs) Oh, I do have to shout out my round 15 opponent, who scooped me into top 64, because he was my else opponent, and we actually drew... So we finished game two in turns, and we didn't have enough... And any time to go to game three. And we just talked it out that like, I would be on the play in game three. And we agreed that that, that we thought that, that would give me an edge. And so he scooped to me. So I have to give him giant shout outs.
1: Nice. That's amazing. that's great. Uh, so was were there any takeaways you had from from the Legacy Tournament that you, uh, uh, you kind of bring home with you? Or you think helped you with Magic in general? Um, I
3: think think don't be afraid to play fringe decks is Mm -hmm. a really Mm -hmm. good one um yeah i think it just reiterated to me the importance of like playing a lot of magic even if it's not in the format that you're going to be playing i feel Mm -hmm. like for me helps me like kick the rust off or whatever metaphor you want to use
0: because
3: <laughs> i spent the whole week before that playing a lot of magic and even though it wasn't in legacy i feel like it really like it really helped me focus on the game
1: mm-hmm. very nice uh what, what were the uh any like fun extracurricular activities you did while you're out in uh seattle
3: i ate so many dumplings <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, did you go to that dumpling place that was in the mall? Yeah. Oh, that was man. Yeah, I went oh my twice, god. <laughs>
3: twice over the week. They have they have these dumplings that are filled with soup. And they're so amazing.
2: Wait, wait. And dumplings full of so soup? The, the did you get the dessert ones? Oh, the with dessert Nutella. ones are amazing. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. It, <laughs> uh, it was so good. Yeah, so, was so
3: good. I ate a lot, basically, <laughs> is what I did.
2: Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> like we say it's in a mall. It wasn't like a food court place. No, like this no, was like a like super a f- fancy high-end ma- mall. Like there there was a waiting list and like a hostess and all that. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was like a super fancy dumpling place that just happened to be in a super high-end mall.
3: Yeah. Oh, it was so good. I could I miss, I missed it already.
2: Uh apparently they used to have a Michelin star.
3: I could see that. We, it was amazing. we were,
2: yeah, we were chatting up, chatting up the waiter uh, as he as he told us the history of the the establishment. How how
1: did they lose their Michelin star? Uh, we well, didn't. It didn't
2: seem appropriate
1: to ask. Oh, fair, fair.
3: Used to have, you say?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, how did you lose your uh, right to practice law, Pat? <laughs> Uh but yeah, the dumpling place was amazing. That was so good.
3: And we also did like the touristy pike place market one day before the before the Grand Prix, which was awesome. Which also involved food. Yeah, just a lot of food I guess.
0: <laughs>
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, was there anything else you kinda wanted to talk about the soldiers sex before we moved on?
3: Uh I think covered all the my major talking points. <laughs> I don't know if you have any more questions about
1: the silliness of Soldier Stompy. Look, I I I love Stompy decks, and I love fringe. I lo- really enjoy fringe decks. So this deck seems like I kind of want to put it together. I don't have. Let's see. I don't have to, uh, the Cavern of Souls. Maybe I'll just put it together on on uh, Magic Online and, and just play it in a couple weeks. <laughs> Be-
2: besides the uh, Ravages of War Armageddon split, are there any other kind of like budget considerations? Like, is there anything you wish you could play?
3: Um- for me, not really, because again, the legacy community here is so great, and I'm like, oh, I need to borrow a couple of Caracas, and they're like, okay. Um, <laughs> I think I was playing. I think it's Crystal Vein over a City of Traders originally. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Uh, so yeah. but I, I think you could play it without City of Traders if you're looking for a deck to get into Legacy or like a just a fun deck to sleeve up.
2: Yeah. I mean, because otherwise, like the deck is fairly cheap, and especially if you're a modern player, like most of the expensive cards in the deck are just expensive modern cards, yeah. Like Chrome Mox and Cavern of Souls. Like other than that, the only real expensive Legacy card I, is beside is just the City of Traders and Ancient Tomb and Caracas. I guess I think Caracas is still fairly cheap from its reprint, though. Yeah. Uh, uh let's see. What does Card Kingdom say? Uh, yeah, they're like $44. Oh, man, I bought my Caracas's for like 100 oh. <laughs> It's okay. It was the only versions available at the time. <laughs> uh, But yeah, no, I mean, deck is definitely cheap as far as uh, legacy standards are, are concerned. And just, you get to beat down with little mono white dudes and not play Death and Taxes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a bonus. No yeah, one likes I- Death and Taxes.
3: I actually had. A uh, few... Sorry, Itai. I'm sorry. No, I actually had a few opponents who like put me on death in taxes.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like yeah.
3: someone sided in a Phyrexian Revoker, and I was like, "Cool, like that's great."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Phyrexian Revoker naming. He named, Umazawa's he, named <laughs> he
3: named Gideon when he played it. After I think he realized that it did not hit anything. <laughs>
1: Fantastic!
2: Uh, oh, I just noticed hold on a second is there, so I'm just looking at your card kingdom article uh-huh. and I see a, a cut you made Gideon's intervention
3: That was something that um, was being played in the deck list uh, from the article uh, that I was like it was like a maybe board for me uh, mm-hmm. just, it turns off posers you're like i don't i don't care about that thing you just played because it's not going to do any damage to me or you can't ever play that thing that i'm worried about
2: right so yeah gideon's interventions two white white as gideon interventions enters the battlefield choose a card name your opponents can't cast spells with the chosen name prevent all damage that would be dealt to you and permanents you control by sources with the chosen name <laughs>
1: oh man I like nice. that. That's a little janky. I like it.
2: <laughs> you adding that to your card as well, Pat? <laughs> you know, no, it's too new. It's too new.
1: It's too new. It's from. too new. I'll have to wait 15 also... years. Then I'll have to buy them.
3: <laughs> I was also <laughs> toying with the idea of playing Helm Combo out of the board.
1: Just... <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Turn into like two card Monty when you like after after sideboards.
2: Yeah, it's like, no, that's, that's, that would be, that, <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if I sleeve this up, this is what I would do. I would just, the entire 15 card sideboard's just going to be like, four helm, four rest in peace, four moat. <laughs> just like, <laughs> side out all the soldiers.
1: Uh, it's like, gotcha. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Chantel, can you tell us a little bit of I know you're on the cast Proven Combatants and I've actually been able to listen to uh, a few of your episodes. I've really enjoyed them. Can you tell us a little bit about the podcast and uh, some of your castmates over there and what you guys are up to?
3: Yeah. Uh, so it's myself, uh, England's national champion, Autumn Burchett. Uh,
1: yeah. Who's been on a tear lately, by the way. Oh, Congrats she's to Autumn. Just
3: crushing it like yeah. uh, won the mocks. A few weeks ago, and then recently, top aided a PTQ. Just
1: and she just talks about it life. so nonchalantly, too. It's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's just, like, oh yeah, just yeah. You know. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
3: Yeah, she they, they're incredibly talented. I I'm my, my mind is boggled at like just listening to her talk about lantern control, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you see the game in a way that I don't know if I will ever see it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, and then uh, there's GPDC Day One Nine Oer Sarah Zyla, nice. uh, and then we have pro tour competitor and Squee the Goblin on Twitch Teresa Fa, <laughs> and then yeah, I, we've been on the air for six months now. We have right. po- uh podcast coming out every second week. Just I was like, like we need. There's no real competitive girls and non-binary folk in magic podcast like yeah i want to start one and then yeah. it's come together so like more than my wildest dreams
1: yeah yeah that's i think there's a need for that i think the girlfriend bracket uh with Aaron campbell and some of other friends that we have over there did a really really great job and uh when they when they ended the cast uh i think there was a void there i think you guys have stepped into that very nicely you're doing a great job
3: that's high praise. Like, we're trying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it's just it's just great to hear. It's great to hear podcasts that are, like you said, of, of women and non-binary folk. People who, like, make up a larger percentage of the Magic players than I think people realize. It's nice for people to be represented and have just similar-minded folk who they can listen to. Um, I think it's important. And uh, I'm really glad you guys are doing it. I think it's fantastic.
3: Thanks. Yeah, I'm always on the soapbox box preaching representation is important. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, time to put your money where your mouth is. I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, uh, and how have you enjoyed podcasting? How's it been for you guys?
3: Oh, it's been so awesome. It's more work than I anticipated. Like I anticipated mm-hmm. it being a lot of work, but then I'm like, oh, it's midnight and I'm still trying to get this edited and up. And yep. uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the outpouring from the community has been so good. And the, girls I'm casting with are super talented like Teresa was like I'm just gonna design us a website and I was like okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's awesome and um I know you guys were working on your patreon to get autumn to Vegas how has that yeah. been going for you guys
3: I think we're gonna do it I am so stoked I uh, yeah again the outpouring from the community has just been just so stellar and yeah it, it'll be the first time that we're all in one place which is gonna be crazy
1: Right, yeah, because you guys are quite spread out between you being in Canada and uh, and Autumn's over in the UK, and you know you're kind of all over the place.
3: Yeah, Autumn is awesome because uh, I get home and we record at six p.m. Mountain Standard Time, which is eight p.m. Eastern Time, Eastern Time, which is I think midnight or one a.m. in England. And she's just like, "Yeah, I'll stay up." And I'm like, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: that's fantastic that's awesome yeah that's that's great was there anything else you kind of wanted to to plug before we wrap things up here
3: no that's basically it like if you are interested in more of the competitive grind proven combatants that's what we talk about we talk about like our struggles and successes and just getting better in the grind and then uh i do write for card kingdom uh every couple weeks as i can and that's a blog dot card kingdom.com i believe and then mm-hmm. yeah that's it that's really it for me
1: awesome do you uh I, i'll put the um i'll put your handle and the uh the proven combatant sandal in the uh in the show notes for sure do you okay. stream at all do you have twitch or anything
3: not yet okay. i am currently living in the middle of a field so not technically <laughs> edmonton uh so our internet is just atrocious like fair i'm i'm amazed i have not dropped on this call yet <laughs> uh, but uh once i am not in the middle of a field there i am hoping for some stream shenanigans so if awesome. you're interested in that to like keep an eye out i guess yeah eventually.
1: please if you get it up and running please uh don't hesitate to plug it on the facebook page there's sure. lots of people there we have a really great community for leaving legacy on the facebook page so don't uh hesitate to plug that there when uh when you get up and running
3: I mean, I really do want to stream Soldier Shenanigans. So, I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely
1: about that. I would tune in f- into that for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, uh well, we uh instead of doing like uh, uh shout-outs on the cast, we do scoops into top 8. Um Jerry, <laughs> who, who do you want to scoop into top 8 this week?
2: Oh man. Uh, well, I mean, Chantel for coming on. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. And uh also, Daru War Chief because uh, that's that's an old favorite of mine. I remember opening that in uh, draft packs. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Chantel, for bringing Daru War Chief back to the light.
1: The holy light. <laughs> the holy light. I got four copies near mint coming, and they were. I got them for a steal. <laughs>
2: I probably have like several play sets in a in this box under my bed. I will, I will You know will
1: what? I will buy them from you. I will buy them from you for a smile <laughs> and that will be my new thank you card that I sign. A card I've never actually played in the game of Magic, but it just has a naked butt on it. It makes
2: me laugh. <laughs> That's not Daru Warchief. Daru Warchief is No, no, the I know. I'm talking about I'm talking
1: like- about Holy Light. I'm talking about Holy Light.
2: It, is holy light reserve list is it's that not, is that no. next for the spike it's a, common, it's a
1: common i actually checked because if it was a reserve card i was just gonna buy them out because they're like two bucks
2: you heard it here first folks pat causing bias. i'm not spikes. i'm not gonna
1: lie someone on the facebook page was like hey uh copies of what was it the abyss there's only like four listed on tcg player at 300 bucks so i was like oh do i want to be the bad guy now like I, uh, I i was gonna buy i was gonna be like i'll just spend like 1200 bucks and buy them out and flip them but I can't do that I love I love legacy and I love Jesus. legacy players too much So someone, I'm just happy we're so,
2: debating about pri- uh, prices instead of death right shaman <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's been nice that's been nice <laughs> um, uh, awesome alright well I of course want to thank uh, I'm going to scoop in Matt K Matt K is our newest supporter on Patreon thank you so much for joining the Patreon family uh, get into the discord channel and uh, sling around some great memes with us and also just talk talk trash in there it's a lot of fun um and also of course chantelle i want to scoop you into top eight as well thanks so much for coming on it was great having you um it's always nice to have other podcasters on the show because uh conversation is so easy and you guys already have decent microphones and like and recording <laughs> setups and it makes my editing life so much easier so thank you so much for coming on it was great to have you thanks
3: so much i guess of uh i guess i would scoop uh, this is gonna be a really big top eight but i'm gonna scoop all of the people that I met in Seattle and didn't have a chance to meet in Seattle into top eight and you guys, of course, for having me on. Thank you so much. This was a blast.
1: Yeah. And anytime you want to come back and talk legacy, I mean, like I said, we don't touch, we don't touch those lower formats, like standard and modern. You know, but, <laughs> no, but anytime- Pat, I've been, de-
2: I've been designing some standard decks. I'm just going to say, yeah. Oh god. <laughs>
1: So we have well, an I opening for your argue, cast man. member, Chantel, and you're welcome to come on. Yes, <laughs> Jerry is, Jerry's stabbed me in the back. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, anytime you want to come on, please don't hesitate. We love to have you back on.
3: Well, I do have the pieces for that Matt Nass Tin Fins Dark Depths coming oh. coming in the mail. So oh, we'll see. Man. <laughs> hell
1: yeah. Please listen. I don't care if you go to a four-round F&M with it. Please come back <laughs> on and let me know how it goes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah I, he was playing it against me and i play grishel brand in modern and mm-hmm. it's i was like this is just legacy grishel brand why am i not doing this
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> um that's all right jerry do you have your you have your die we'll roll for the uh roll for the jokes
2: i do oh i i actually have real die instead of the digital die now because Zeki sent me some dice in the mail. He did they for, for the
1: natural. Well, so yeah, just a quick plug too. Um, if you guys are looking for a, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Jerry and I are on a new podcast called The Natural Ones. Uh, we uh, <laughs> we are, We just started. We've recorded about four or five episodes now and the first one just released on our new channel today. And I think we'll be releasing another one next week just because we've kind of... The first one was like an episode zero. Kind of get to know the characters and the players and whatnot. Anyway... Um, we will probably be releasing uh, bi-weekly with this new podcast. And, uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll post updates on the Facebook page and the Patreon page just for people who are interested. And uh, check that out if you're interested in uh, Dungeons & Dragons or if you just can't get enough of me and Jerry, which, like, how could you, right?
3: That's awesome. <laughs> I actually am d de- I'm DMing my first campaign starting on Friday. So
1: Really? Oh, awesome. Yeah. Is it, is it Are you actually playing, like, tabletop or are you guys doing it over Skype?
3: Tabletop, tabletop, oh, yeah, awesome, it's gonna be awesome. crazy. That's amazing. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've played D D for like three months, but like, we're gonna run it. It's gonna be <laughs>
1: great. Nice. Well, good luck with that. That's Thanks. fantastic. <laughs> all right, Jerry, roll me, roll me one of them D twenty.
2: Ah, uh, lucky number
1: seven. Three, four, five, six, seven. The, all right, so oh, this guy, oh, Jerry meme. Uh, he said. <laughs>
2: yes it's one of mine yes this, actually, this
1: one actually kind of made me laugh and I read it to my wife and she did not laugh and I said you have no sense of humor <laughs> um, it just says tried donating blood but the nurse, the nurse kept asking me invasive questions like where did you get all this blood and whose blood is this <laughs> i like that one that's a good one okay out of all the jokes you read that's probably in the top three so our listeners really need Hell to step yeah. it up and post better jokes on the page because y'all are just not and funny most of the time
2: it's <sighs> one of mine too i had to put that one that's in. What there.
1: i'm saying that's what i'm saying when jerry's <laughs> the funniest guy in the in the chat there's a problem guys let's, let's bring <laughs> hey, it up a little bit hey <laughs>
2: <laughs> Feelings Feelings
1: um, As always you can find uh, Jerry at J-M-E-3-R-D on Twitter you can find me at Pat PatUglo the stream is Twitch.tv slash Pat PatUglo Jerry and I have to Get together and do a, a team stream soon uh, you Find us on Patreon uh, find us on Hipsters join the Facebook group Email us uh, dick Picks and deck pics uh, Leaving a legacy at hipsters of the coast dot com And of course uh, we are doing the, the Commons drive so please if you have commons and you're local Or you can fit them in a box and mail them To us uh, email me or Or Jerry and we'll we'll get you the address Um, And if you want to support um, The the cause for Wesley directly uh, Check the show notes for the link
2: Play us out with something sweet Pat